Welcome back to Confessions from the Sidelines, and I'm your host, Sarah L. Coward. Today, I'm chatting with Anthony Trucks. Anthony is a foster kid turned NFL athlete and serial entrepreneur with one serious superpower, making shift happen no matter what by accessing the power of identity. After overcoming over 30 plus traumatic life events and navigating the identity shifts that followed, Anthony has come to be known as the leading expert in shifting which is making a shift internally to elevate how you operate externally, which in turn changes your life. With his unique system called the shift method, Anthony weaves together neuroscience, psychology, technology, and hard fault life lessons to help anyone with a desire for more in their life to achieve any goal they want or have ever wanted. So buckle up because it's time to make shift happen. Anthony, I am so excited to have a conversation with you today. I'm excited to talk to you too. Let's do this. We're going to, we're going to give confessions. I feel like this, like, what was that? Dear Abby letters. Yeah, that's totally right. You know, people ask me, you know, cause the podcast is called confessions from the sidelines. But what I find is we learned so many interesting facts and trivia from all of these student athletes, coaches. I mean, it's really been pretty cool to talk about all the things that kind of go into becoming a college athlete. Yeah, I like it. I mean, I was, I was, I was, if you can see in the corner, I got my helmet over, over here somewhere. I see that, you know, I have one too, but you know, I never wore it. (laughs) I was just (laughs) gifted it. So yeah. So let's start off with that. Tell us a little bit about, you know, your journey to playing at Oregon, because it wasn't really an easy one to get there. No, no, they never are. All right. The, the the best ones never are, but I don't think anybody gets a chance to play at that level. It was ever any easy, but no, I mean, from childhood, I guess, growing up, I wasn't statistically supposed to get there. I'd Mm -hmm. given away at three years old in a foster care system and had a whole lot of weird things happen and heinous things. And and then ended up in an all-white family, and I was adopted 11 years later at the age of 14. So football, I didn't even get to play till I was 14. Wow. So I wasn't even of the caliber to do so. Kind of navigated the ups and downs of uh, of who I am and where I fit. And uh, in sports, actually, for a little bit, got taken off the table because I just I wasn't good at the game. Mm-hmm. And then eventually had this, this deep commitment to figure out how I could get better and put the work in. And eventually it panned out and turned into a better athlete. And then I had the opportunity, I didn't even like look at college to like my junior, senior year when teams started coming around saying, I would like to possibly have this kid, you know, come play for us. Now I'm getting letters from like every division one school you can imagine. And it it was very interesting because my family, no athletes in my family, but me. Right. And not only that, but like I'm a professional athlete too. You know, I got to the level (laughs) of being a pro later on. It's like no athletes and like, oh, one of of my brothers is the NFL. Like, like, oh, Right, right. So it's yeah, and, and I think that's something a lot of students, you know, they hear now that they're like, oh, I need to make a commitment. I need to be committed by my sophomore year. I've got to do all this. But in reality, that's not the case. No, no, you got you just got to play. Because the thing is, it's one of the sports is interesting. If you're good, you'll, you'll play. That's right. it. If you, if you produce, you'll stay. So the idea should be focused on how can I get really, really good? Yeah, you want to have relationships and conversations. But if you're good, man, the teams will come find you. And if you're not as good as the rest of them, Go find the teams and and That's you gotta right. be committed. Like, nah, I mean, and unfortunately, even a commitment doesn't mean much because they're also recruiting five other guys and you're committed and they get the guy they wanted, like you don't have a scholarship now, right? So right. there's a lot of dynamics that play into that world. But my journey up to college, actually at one point I had committed to Washington State. Oh, that wow. was where I was well, I took a trip to Washington State, Coach Ball committed there. Mike Price was the coach at the time. I was like, I'm here. And then Oregon, I called all the schools, Nebraska, Michigan. I was like, I'm not taking trips. I'm going to, to you know, Wazoo. 
the coach at Oregon, Nick Aliotti, to be specific, would not stop calling me and recruiting yeah. me. Hey, you got to come here. You got to go to Oregon. You can't go to Wazoo <laughs> State, you know? And so eventually I was like, ah, whatever. I'll go take a trip to Oregon. So I took a trip to Oregon and loved it. And then decommitted yeah. from Washington State, committed to Oregon, and obviously the rest is history. Yeah, the rest is history. But, you know, I think one of the things, too, that students, they often forget is that when you're thinking of playing at this Division One level or even any type of college sport, academics are actually part of that whole story to get you yeah. there. Mm-hmm. I'll have to be. Yeah, but yeah. I was boy, I was horrible at academics, to be quite honest. I don't think I ever had above a 3.0. And the thing is, here's the thing. I am not an, an, a stupid human. I'm an incredibly intelligent, weird, like I know a lot of stuff about a lot of stuff. It's very odd. But I, we grew up in a household where academics were not a priority or a focal mm-hmm. point. But like, to be honest, my wife now, when we were in high school, we got together like 16 and when college became a reality and like I had no grades, she actually would help me with my homework every night. And it wasn't that she would help me like learn it, but like force me to sit down and do the homework. Like, ah, oh, all right, yeah. I'll do the homework, right? But the thing, I'm, I'm able in college, I think I might've missed two classes all of college. Wow. And, and I, again, I never was a guy that got like above a 3.0. I wasn't big on doing great in homework, but you take me to class. If I just sat in class, mm-hmm. I just had to sit there I would get B's and C's like easy, almost yeah. like A's and, and yeah. stuff I liked, I'd get an A like chemistry. I'm phenomenal. Weirdly, it's, it's stoichiometry. I got an A in stats later on. Um, so all my, my physiology, I had a whole bunch of like, you know, cadaver labs I was doing because I got <laughs> my degrees in kinesiology. Yeah, I, I would actually the, the, the TA would come to me and ask me questions about the cadaver, what nerve was which because I just I just knew it. Wow. So if I, if I wanted to know it, I'm good. Outside of that, I just didn't really care. But academics, without being dialed sports-wise, you have no opportunity That's right. to even go play. So it's like where most guys – listen to this weird story. I had a teammate in high school one time. I came back from college, younger guy, and he goes, hey, I enrolled at LMC, which is this college nearby. And he goes, then what I did, once I got on the football team, I dropped all my classes so I could focus on football. I was like, uh, what did you do? Yeah, <laughs> like, like that. Like, and that's like – yeah, you can't. And I think for like no. our parents and students to know that is like, that's not even possible. At like, Impossible. I right. like, how are you in the team? You won't even make, you can't even be in the team at the end of the season. And what are you trying, I'm trying to go to college. You're going to go to college and not have any classes? Oh, that's right. not going to work, my man. That he figured is, it out though. But yeah. it was hilarious. He was dead serious. And I was like, you better get that stuff taken care of. And he ended up going and playing another level of division two, I want to say. Yeah. And I think that's something that a lot of times parents are just, they're lost at like, what are all these things? And, you know, I know at the University of Oregon, you had a great support system in your academic yeah. advisors in that office. Yes, we did. We had Yuri Farkas. We have Steve, we had Steve Stolp. Um, I, I just connected with Steve a little bit ago for no random reason at all. Yeah. But yeah, it is a, uh, it is is very much so. A thing where like you got the support you need because my son like he's a 4.2 kid right now and he also you need that guidance right right i don't i don't think in college it's about whether or not you can it's just that you're going from an environment where mom and dad were like hey get your homework done hey get your homework right done. yep now it's like hey want to come hang out at the party want to go get, get some pizza want to go like and it's like you have to really be an adult and buckle down and go no i have homework to do right now and mom and dad aren't babysitting me That's right. That's right. And, you know, you mentioned about getting this opportunity to play in the NFL. And, you know, as I think about your story, and I would love for you to share a little bit about that, but you hit some major setbacks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you mean like which parts of the story? There's a whole lot of weird setbacks. The NFL? The NFL journey? Yeah. Like as you think about your NFL journey, I mean, it's you had this dream of like, I'm going to play the league for, you know, 10, 15 years. 
Oh yeah. That's always the idea. And you know, a few months later. Yeah. Well, life is what happens between your plans. I don't, so first off to even get to that moment, whenever I was considering playing for a long time. So I obviously got in when I was a freshman, you know, I got out of, sorry, after my senior year rookie and I went to the Buccaneers and I get cut in like the last cuts, you know, and then you go home and figure out what do you do? And then you're bouncing around. It's the workout train. You know, you're at a workout every single week for week after week. I think that year I might've done like seven or eight workouts and then finally oh, wow. got 13 of 2006. Yeah. Oh, six week 13. I got picked up by the Redskins. So it's now the Washington football team. And I got brought in. I was there over the you know, last three games off season and the next year made it through. I was doing my thing, got past preseason, got to the first game of the season and then got cut after the first game because five guys got hurt and I got to go home. And so I'm at, I'm at the house like, all right, well, I got no job again. And then I go home and try to figure out how to get back in a squad and a really difficult, weird situation of where I finally got signed by the Steelers, but got signed by the Steelers. And then what I did is I hadn't, I've been doing classes the whole time in between. Like I had not graduated yet. Cause when right. I went to college, I didn't redshirt. So I end up my, you know, this, my third year in the NFL and I'm I, all my buddies in the off season, like it's like between OTAs and training camp, you know, all the teammates they are out in Jamaica, taking trips, trying to like, you know, stay in shape, but preparing for the long football season ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, I came home and I was doing college stats classes and, and actually doing labs for chemistry and stuff. Cause I needed to, I wanted to get my degree. So I graduated. I want to say it was like July 27th something like that. I was like, it was something weird, like July 27th, graduated, final class turned in, sent my transcripts to Oregon. I got my degree, right? Yeah. And we check in for camp and he had like a week of training camp, which was long and heavy and arduous, right? And August 8th, 2008, the first preseason game, I turned my shoulders. We're talking like a week and a half or so after I'd graduated. And now it's like, all right, I got to go home. My career's, I didn't know at the time my career was done, but my season's done because the shoulders mm-hmm. jacked up. And so I'm assuming that's it, but that ended up being a, a career over. It's just, it's it fast. It happens really, really, really yeah. quickly. And it's more than, it's more than you can understand in one moment in time. Well, and so what were you thinking at that moment of like, gosh, now I have to figure out my life. I, this is not the plan I have. I've got to go down this road. Were, do you ever feeling defeated or just like not good enough in that moment? All the time, man. That's the natural thing. Yeah. We have what's called these massive identity crises, right? Because we don't yeah. know who we are without this game. I've been doing this thing. And it it doesn't always have to be sports. Like it could be anything you've given a, a certain amount of energy to that you've been doing for a long time right. that you no longer can do. So whether it's a parent who's been given energy to taking their kids to and from sports, and then now the kids are off into college, empty nest, the military, you know, losing a job or even changing jobs proactively, you're no longer doing that job. There's a sense of of like, who am I without that thing I've done? Mm-hmm. And for sports, it's even worse because it's all I am. Right. You know? and so there's definitively those moments in time and like, what worth do I even bring to the world if I can't, mm-hmm. you know, I can't even do this thing. I, unless I get paid to tackle somebody, I must be not be you know worth very much to the world. And it was a long journey to find my own personal sense of like strength and, and we'll call like personal wealth as a human. In a way that I, I tell a metaphor of it, it's kind of like sports makes you feel like, you know, it's the fruit of your labor. You mm-hmm. fight this piece of fruit and then this fruit that's your sport, like you fall off the tree, you roll around, you hit the ground. No, and it can last for a little bit. Like after you leave the game, you can, you got your little bit of your swag, confidence. Right. Because I used to play, I was just with the Steelers like, you know, three months ago. But after a while, man, you, you start feeling like that rotten piece of fruit. Yeah. Just, ah, uh, right. And so for a lot of years, 
I had issues like my marriage fell apart. I wasn't a present father. I got out of shape, right? And when I realized it's because whenever we go into life and we think we are the fruit, we mess up because we've never been the fruit. We have always been the tree. Mm. The tree created this amazing fruit, right? And, yeah. and when you only focus on that fruit, well, now you don't take, you don't prune the branches. You don't water the tree. You don't take care of the sunlight. So the right. rest of the fruit dies. Yeah. So yeah, when football died, everything else was inevitably going to go falling off the tree and dying. And so when I went back and took care of the tree, I was like, oh, okay, I can produce sweeter and more abundant fruit in my life if I take care of this because the tree created football in the first place. That's right. It can create a different profession, a different marriage, mm -hmm. a different family, different health. It can do all that, but only if you take care of it. We're interrupting today's episode to take a minute to thank our sponsor, CB Supplements. CB Supplements is a multi-collagen protein powder, meaning it contains all five types of collagen from four animal sources. Not to mention, it's the first and only multi-collagen protein powder NSF certified for sport and supported by Dr. Kate. One thing I love about CB Supplements is that it comes in unflavored and in three delicious flavors, chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry lemonade you won't find a cleaner multi-collagen supplement out there. So head on over to cbsupplements.com and grab yours today. Be sure to enter the code Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, at checkout for $5 off. My brain is just like blowing up right now because thinking of how like that tree is truly the basis of who you are and knowing like all these branches and all this fruit and all these things that are happening you really took time to reflect and go, okay, how can I move forward in this? What's my next step? And, yeah. you know, walk me through a little bit of that, that mindset shift, because, mm -hmm. you know, you're talking a little bit about this identity and, and I can imagine that some of our listeners are really feeling this and like this really hit home to them. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just a mindset thing. The funny thing is mindset is actually an encapsulated. It's part of your identity. Mm -hmm. Like whenever we played sports and we were at ball and we didn't go in the mirror and go, you got a great mindset. You know, <laughs> right. it you know, just like, it's like, you're dope. You got this. You can do it yeah. right. You as a, as a collective whole, right? Everybody else on the outside looking in their language is, oh, they got a great mindset. So when you're living in, it's just part of who you are, right? Right. The reality is it's a version of your identity. Mm. And so the work I do is in identity. And it's not yeah. this like, understand who you go sit by the banyan tree and sing hymns and figure out your identity. We're not talking about that kind of area. I'm talking about how your identity shows up right. because when you were an athlete, you showed up in all collective aspects as that person. Right. Mm -hmm. And whenever you get to the realization of is anything in life, it's still based on identity, man, you can understand like that. If you can tweak it and play with it and understand how to form it, shift it, you can create anything you want. And so what I do is, is I go back to the root and go, okay, how did you craft the identity you have now you're living yeah, with right yeah. now, where are its limitations? And then what shifts must you make to be able to have what you want to have in life because you become that person. And I call it you'll get this. It's being in the zone. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Right. And yeah. it's like, and people think you're only in the zone, like you get in the zone for a game. Like there are seasons where I've been in the zone, you know, like back to back years. I'm like, I'm in the zone. I'm flowing. It's just everything. I have off days. But even in the off day, I snack back, you know, so there's that zone. I think what happens when we leave sports, we lose that zone identity or the ability to shift into it. And when you can understand how to shift into that version of your identity again in a different area, right, to take care of that tree, man, you start producing at levels that don't make sense. Because here's the truth. The intangibles that we got from playing sports, the average human will never have. 
but in the skill sets they have, we can learn. Yeah. So you take, you take me and you give me any other human's skill sets, I will outdo them. Not because I've done it longer, but because I know me and I know how to operate and function in the zone way more than they can. Or the intangibles of like communication, understanding when someone gives me feedback, it's not an attacking of my person. It's attacking of how I did that thing. I am not the way I did that thing. But little things people don't understand, man, sports. If you can tap back into those versions of, of who you were then and pull them forward, man, and create that new like zone identity, you can do ridiculous cool things. Well, that is so powerful thinking of our student athletes and those that are listening or maybe former student athletes. We always talk about those being transferable skills. And that's exactly what you're saying is that all of these skills that our student athletes have really move them to the next level. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. there's discipline and there's teamwork. There's all these things that yeah. y- you get just by being on a team. 100%. And, and people leave the game and they think, oh, I'm of no value because I'm not, I'm not scoring baskets or, you know, what. but it's like, no, nah, man, you don't even realize it's like all your value that, that you have allowed you to go do that well. So if right. you allow it to go apply somewhere else, you'll outdo people. Like it's, it's creepy. When I, I work with athletes, I know they're an athlete because there's certain, like I'll bring clients on. I'm like, hey, here's week one homework to do, right? Because in our coaching programs, we have that. And there'll be people that show up who've done the first two weeks of homework and some that show up and like, I didn't even log in yet. And to a T, I'm like, this person didn't play sports growing up. Right. Like I didn't know. Because if, if your coach said, hey, get this dummy forehand, there's no way I'm showing up. And it's not even because I'm, I'm scared of the coach. It's a personal integrity kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's That's who right. I am to get things done. So when it's who you are to get things done and you apply that to anything else, you're good. But the problem is most people think, well, I don't, I'm not that good. I'm not playing a sport anymore. I didn't, I not. And they defeat themselves before they even get into the game. And so are some of these things that you experienced, is that what led you to write Identity Shift? Uh, you know, well, to be honest, in, in a couple of places. So part of it, yes. Part of it, no. The Identity Shift book uh, was not supposedly written at the time it was. It's uh-huh. now written, but it was, an, it was a concept that I've been guiding people through as a coaching program for years. And it was more of just me unpacking not just the sports side, but also all my life side and then understanding mm-hmm. the science behind all of it. And then I, I, someone introduced me to somebody who was like, I'm a publisher. I was like, well, I got this book I've been kind of taken away at. And he's like, dude, let's write this book. So yeah, I wrote the book and the book is, it's the kind of the unpacking of everything we're talking about in a really simple way. I wanted my 16 year old son to be able to pick it up and understand the concepts of it. And then also it goes through like the second part of the book is like the structural ways that you can think through how to craft, I say architect and then activate this identity into the world. I call it your ideal identity. And when you can do that, man, you you can not only like preemptively look at at the things you want to put into your life in a way that makes sense, but you also start to see how you've already become who you are. Mm. Like you start, you as a human, you start making sense of, oh, that's why I do this, how I show up. This is what, and it's way more clarifying and powerful. And then you go, okay, cool. So if, if I did that to create this person, man, if I do this, I can create that person. Let me go figure out how to do that. And that's the book talks about how to build those things and create those things in your life. But, but the leading up to it wasn't something where I was like, I got to get this book to the world. It was like, I have a book that will get to the world and someone just kind of lit the fire underneath it. That in itself is someone also seeing the potential that you have. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times our student athletes, they listen to their coaches, they hear their parents, 
but they don't see the potential in themselves. Yeah, they don't. And no, so, well, and, was, and, you know, with this book, having our, having just tangible things that students can really take away from it. So if you're saying like, you even want your 16 year old son to be able to use this book and take his, his personal self to the next level. I'm thinking yeah. of all of our high school athletes who are looking beyond the horizon, like what's next? How can I get there? Would yeah. this be something that they would be really be able 100%. to dive into? Yeah, hundred percent. Because it's designed in a way for you to grasp how to craft the next level of your life based on becoming the person that can lead into that. Because here's the thing, it, it, we will sit in these moments and think, no, I got to get all the information. I got to get all the insights, all this stuff, right? And part of having the insight is good. It makes you feel better. But to be quite honest, the people who have the insight didn't start with it. They went and wow. did the thing and figured it out, right? And they came mm -hmm. back and said, here's a book. And so what I look at with the, the way that we, we operate as humans is, is I get to these moments that we can all attest to we've shown up in. It's the moment where you know what you're supposed to do, but you make an excuse of like, I'm tired, I'm busy, uh, I didn't get this done, I had the bad day, you know, whatever, I didn't eat breakfast. You make these things up. And then what happens is, well, you don't do that thing. And I ask people this question. I say, okay, what are your dreams? What do you want? And they'll list off things. Okay, the person who has all the things that you just listed that you want, would they make the excuse you just made? Mm. Or how would they handle the situation? Yeah. And it makes you go, Oh, yeah, you're right, right? So when you get that simple logic understanding, you realize it's not what you know, but it's who you are with what you know. So this book shows you how to craft and become that who you are so you can have whatever you want to have in life, no matter where you're starting from, because it's, it's human. It's not some like you have to have had kids first or like it's just mm -hmm. it's a human base. When you understand the human base of how you operate, it's a game changer. Wow. And... I can envision just the power of the, this book and the tangible things to take away that students can really put into action and say, you know, and, and hearing that question about, okay, this person has this, or, you know, the, maybe the student athlete has taken this to the next level. And then the kid saying, oh, but here's my excuse for it. We know that other student didn't make those excuses. No. They didn't make the excuse and they think, well, they're better than me. Like, no, it just, it, it just wasn't who they already even consider making the excuse. Right. Right. Cause when I look at things and I don't make the excuse, people go, why didn't you, why didn't you have that stop you? And I'm like, I don't even consider that thought you just did. I, did, I don't even, that didn't cross my mind. It's, it's just, it, it's not who I am to have had it cross my mind. It's not good, better. It's just different. And, and that is something we can all build. You can build that trait to where you you move in just a different way. Like you're playing the game of life at a different tick because you're not playing with, with the same hindrances of everybody else. Think when we play as athletes, you can play against somebody and you can know when you smell that blood. Mm -hmm. uh, you can, I can feel on you when, you're, when you want to shut down, when you get tired, like I'm like, yeah, I got this is me right now. Right? This right. is my time. You can, but, and so the thing is, these, those people, they don't know that they're giving off that, that, that emotion. They, they don't even know they're doing it. They're just doing it. I'm like, I see it, you know? So when you, when you understand how to get to that level, you start living life that way. I live life in a way where I walk around and half the time I'm like, yeah, I see you. I see you. Now it's my time to shine. I see you getting mm -hmm. tired, slowing down. Yeah. And they don't even notice, right? So that's, that's what this thing does, man. It shows you how the, the inner workings kind of create that persona for yourself. Wow. So where, um, for our listeners, where could they pick up this book? 
Easy. If you go to identityshiftbook.com and if you guys uh, use the code CFTS, Confessions from the Sidelines, CFTS, what happens is I'm going to give away 10 signed books. I'll send them out. Um, so those who go, the first 10 that go, will get a signed book and then everybody will get uh, the free audio book. So if like, I don't want to, you know, buy the book, get the free audio book. You'll get uh, the workbook, which comes along with actually kind of the books you can kind of do the work inside of yeah. it, we'll call it. Um, they'll also get a digital version of it as well. So if they just go there and go through the process of, uh, of putting that code and after they've got the book, they'll get an opportunity to win another copy for free signed by me. If not, they're at least going to get the audio book and all the cool things. So Oh, that's so amazing. And we'll be sure to include all those links and the code in the show notes so that everybody can just hop right there and grab it. Because I know this is definitely going to be life transforming for a lot of our right. listeners. Big one. It's gonna be fun, man. I'm excited to get it out. I, I again, it was one of those things. I'm like, I'm gonna get this thing out, and then, uh, and then, like, it wasn't supposed to happen. Now, now it is happening. But I think it's a great time for it. I think mm -hmm. with the world and people trying to figure out how do I fit in this new dynamic, yep. it was a great time to write the book and get it out. Oh, that's so awesome! And you just mentioned, you know, podcast is called Confessions from the Sidelines. So I yeah. always ask our um, guests as they're on, what is your favorite memory of standing on the sidelines? Uh, standing on the sidelines, it was Kevin Minnie Mitch in the middle of a game. I was like a freshman and I don't know why this started out, but like in the middle of the game, it was like, hey, everybody make a circle. And then like he peed in a cup. <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it was stupid. It's a dumb one that came to my head just now. <laughs> it's like the game got one, but it was just like this kind of weird, like, that's how we just do weird things, man. You just, in the stadium of 60,000 people, he's got a, a collective group of guys all like huddled in a circle, watching him pee on the sideline. Cause he needed to, that's just a dumb one, but that's getting in my brain. And, and honestly, you know, the people probably at the game were thinking, gosh, what are they planning? What's this secret thing that they yes, have going on? Don't, like, don't pee in my shoes, bro. Like, that's the, yeah. that's the thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, Anthony, thank you so much for being here. It was a pleasure chatting with you. And again, we're going to make sure that we post all those links about Identity Shift, the book, so that you can grab that and start making those life-transforming changes today. Wow, what an impactful episode with Anthony. Is your mind racing about truly making shifts? I know mine is. What's the shift that you need to make today? I wanna to remind you too that Anthony said, if you head over to identityshiftbook.com and you enter in that code CFTS, Confessions from the Sidelines, CFTS, then you'll get all of those freebies that are gonna come with his new book and not to mention a chance to win a signed copy. I wanna thank you for tuning in today. And if you found today's episode helpful, I would love for you to head over to your favorite podcasting platform and rate and review the show. Then make sure to share the show with your favorite student athlete. Until next time, I'll be cheering you on from the sidelines.